are really the trends and the times that are happening in business and with the earth and with climate change and everything, right? Uh, the social, economic, political, all of it is really demanding like change in terms of how we do business and how we interact with ourselves. And to me, a conscious brand is a brand that is really conscious and considerate of the planet and of people. And then is also conscious of like, because I think of brands as being created by people, is also conscious of like, what is your unique gift and wisdom and purpose to give to the world? Like they're present to that and then they give it out. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Postal Podcast. That clip you heard is from our guest today on episode 91. Sonia is a life and business coach helping women entrepreneurs to build a conscious brand around their passion. Sonia also is an astrologist and uses the planet's moon to strategize her own life and business as well as help direct others. She shares her journey on this podcast of becoming an entrepreneur, how she was able to tie spirituality and business together, and how she is setting her intention for the upcoming year. She gives her advice for people wanting to start a business or evolve a current one into a more conscious brand, as well as her tips for staying connected and grounded. This is another episode part of my manifestation series. We are now in the first week of 2020 and hopefully everybody is feeling productive and achieving their goals and have not fallen off the bandwagon yet we're uh, seven days in so hopefully you are still finishing up at the gym eating healthy drinking water sleeping more whatever it is your goals were this episode um was specifically for the manifestation part of it but i really liked that Sonia was an entrepreneur and able to tie in the business part of it as well because I think even if you have a side hustle or a passion that you think can't be turned into a business because how can you make money on something um, this is a good example of how you can take what you're really interested in even if it isn't traditionally a business in a sense and turn it into your career um, I really find astrology fascinating, so I was pumped to have Sonia on it. Hopefully you feel the same. I think it's just another way to look at how this world works and whether whatever you believe in, spirituality or God or whatever it is, um, I think there is an energy in the planets and the moon that help direct the course of this world and our life and so I find it really interesting for people who have studied it and help people make decisions in their life based off of it I also asked her if Chris and I should be getting married because we do touch upon astrology signs and it just comes up um, about making decisions in the upcoming year and about stability and all of that and so we quickly touch upon if Chris and I should be getting married according to the signs. So you'll have to listen to find out the answer. Um, I mean, our wedding isn't canceled. So like that's, that's the, that just answered the question then apologies, but it's just very interesting. I find it all very interesting. So I hope you 
find it as well. I will stop rambling and we will get into this episode. So here is Sonia. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Sonia. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Do you want to start with introducing yourself? Tell us who you are and what you do. Okay. This is such a vast question for me to answer because I'm so many things. <laughs> We're just dump- jumping into it. I'm a multitude of things. So I'm Sonia, also pronounced Sonia because I'm Croatian and Bosnian. That's where the name comes from. Um, and I'm a lot of things. I'm an entrepreneur, first and foremost, and a creator, writer, poet, and the way that that is expressed in a lot of different ways. So my background is in brand strategy, digital strategy, really like innovative work. I love businesses and entrepreneurship. And then I'm also a Kundalini Yuga teacher, um, an ontologically trained life and leadership coach, and just like very spiritually kind of tapped in in a bunch of different ways. So I found a unique way to blend all of those things together, mostly by serving female entrepreneurs to start, grow, scale their businesses and their brands. Uh, but then I also do astrology on the side and lots of lots of other creative pursuits. I would say that like in general, what my what my thing is, is it's me and my life and everything that I'm creating. And then it's a lot about helping other people build their businesses. Mm-hmm. I love it. And we're going to dive into all of those things Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) do you want to just walk us through the journey that led you here so what you went to school for how you got into astrology how you Mm -hmm. did everything yeah so it's so I went to university and I did two degrees I went to UFC here in Calgary and I got a degree in marketing and psychology which a lot of people as soon as I told them that they thought you're just gonna rule people's minds and make them buy things (laughs) and that was very like you know villainizing of me But for me, I've always been very empathetic, very sensitive, very able to tune into people and what their needs are. And that's so much of what marketing is, what psychology is. You know, it's understanding people the way that they think and how they're motivated. So I went to school there and I actually thought I was going to be, I was really involved in the Sustainable Energy Club, especially in Calgary, being an energy hub. I was just obsessed with renewable, sustainable energy, being a part of like the new energy revolution. And that's what I thought I was going to be doing. And then I just became so obsessed with branding and brand strategy in particular. Anytime I did, I did some case competitions in university and was really fascinated by like those big pivot points that you have to make in a business or a brand when you have to change something. So I really wanted to become a strategist and work in the digital space because it was the most interesting and innovative. So out of university, I like I only wanted one job in the city and I persisted to just like I was became really good friends with the HR manager and I only applied for one job out of the university and luckily I got it and it was working at Critical Mass, which is the big digital agency here. And then I went through like a four year career there, going from being a consumer researcher, which is a perfect blend of my psychology and marketing. And that was the job you wanted. No, that was the job that that was the job that was really interesting to me. But the job that I wanted was being a strategist. Gotcha. Yeah, but so much of strategy is research and understanding people and insights and what's happening in the environment. So I started as a researcher, got to work on a bunch of different brands, from like Clorox to GoDaddy, AT and T, 
like furniture cleaning companies, mowing, they were building like a faucet builder, like lots of interesting and lots of different work. Like it would be everything from interviews to focus groups to usability studies. And it was quite interesting. And then I finally, after a year and a half there, I was able to get my position as a strategist, which was so interesting and I loved it. Um, but then like it's pretty, uh, that was my dream job. I've been working towards it for six years. I had this like vision. I'd even like I went and ghost. I was so intense. I went. I was very. I was very much like an overachiever. Like working sixteen hours a day every day. Like all the extracurriculars. Like everything. Working while I was in school. All of that. And I even went and like did a ghost. Uh, what's that called when you go oh, around you shadow shadow people? someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I shadowed a guy that was doing the role that I wanted to do. And I got his business card. And I even whited out his name and put my name on there and like <laughs> looked at it. It was like that typical manifestation. Like I'm gonna get this. Right. And I got there and it was great. And I was happy to be there and I knew that I needed to be there. But as soon as I was there, I was like, I'm supposed to be doing something else. And I was like, well, oh no. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? And then, um, and then it was a big journey of just trying to figure out like what was my purpose. And I just kind of went with whatever was intriguing to me. So it was yoga for a while. Maybe I thought I was going to do Reiki. Maybe I thought I was going to just write books and write a blog. And then so I looked in all of these different directions became a kundalini yoga teacher, knew that wasn't able to be a full-time career. Um, and then life coaching came to me. And it was like this perfect way of blending like both elements of what I loved about my job with what I, what I was missing in my job, which was like that personal, able to help people see like individual transformation. And especially because it was so leadership and innovation focused. So I did a year of really intensive life coach training that was in person in Victoria once a month. So I had to wow. fly to Victoria once a month. And I was keeping this under the radar at, at my work um, that I was like planning this big transition. So I went and did this like year of coach training. Uh, lots of personal transformation happened during that time. And it became really clear to me that I wanted to move to Victoria and be a full-time coach and do that full-time. So I like set the date with my coach that I was going to do that in March that I was going to out on, out on November 1st, I was going to be full-time entrepreneur. And that's what I did. And there were so many tests and right. triggers <laughs> on the way. Uh, and then I lived in Victoria for two years. And I just moved back here in October. And my business has just pivoted and changed a lot. Um, and since then, I've also become an astrologer. So there's just, that's kind of like the general prognosis. But it was very like, I got to this point where I thought I was exactly where I needed to be in my career. And as soon as I was there, I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. And it just almost keeps on happening. But I'm enjoying the journey. Right. Well, and I feel like you get to a point where you've worked towards and then you're st- you st- like then you stop. So I feel like you're like you need to just keep working towards something. And mm-hmm. so then the journey keeps evolving. Absolutely. Which is awesome, which I feel is how you grow as a person. And no one wants to get stuck in their job. So mm-hmm. um, and how did you then did you do branding and marketing while you're doing the life coaching or how did that then become part of what yeah. you offer to people? <laughs> That's a really good question. So. One thing that I noticed about myself, because I've been working now for 10 years, so I have a decade of experience doing rebrands, and I pretty much noticed that every single time I would work in a business, they would go through a rebrand, and I would facilitate it, right? So they were going through this massive transformation. Like Sometimes there'd be name changes, like comprehensive new brand and new philosophy, and sometimes it would just be a refresh, and you know you need to change all the materials and the website and everything. But I'd worked on like over 10 of them, which is kind of a lot like as a young 
as a young person in a career, I'm like, this is kind of my thing. My thing is branding. And um, honestly, when I walked away from my corporate position, I loved it so much, but I was also really burnt out. Um, and I didn't want anything to do with branding. Like I actually was like, I just want to help people have personal transformations and live the life of their dreams and like be in alignment with whatever they're doing. I don't want anything to do with brands or corporate at all. <laughs> that did not last very long. So pretty much pretty quickly, like I was being asked to do, um, I was connected with people um, to do more research, to do brand-based research. And so I was doing that on the side, but it was very much separate from my work. And the more that I worked with my clients, my coaching clients, the more that I realized they were all entrepreneurs anyway. And they were all either had brands or they were building brands and businesses. And um, naturally our conversation evolved to that. And then eventually it was about a year. Hmm. Yeah, it was a year, it was last fall, like this time last year when I really realized that I had kind of compartmentalized these two aspects of myself and kind of like had forsaken all of this experience and all of this love that I had for business um, in order to just focus on the personal transformation side and that I needed to blend them together. So I started just being really clear that I was a coach for entrepreneurs, mostly female entrepreneurs. And then like this idea came to me to have a brand incubator and to actually help them build brands, which is what I started to do this spring. Oh, that's awesome. And mm -hmm. how did you, did you have clients before that you kind of transferred over? Like you said, mm -hmm. when you found out basically they're entrepreneurs who are doing all this, because I know a lot of people, they'll start a business or they want to be a life coach or they want to start their own marketing agency, but they don't have clients. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you get your clients? And then what advice do you have for people who are starting on that journey? Yeah. Okay. So I have so many thoughts. Mm, and coaching is such a massive industry right now. And there's so many coaches being trained and so many of them are, it's especially because in the algorithms, like you see what you are. So it feels like overwhelming and oversaturated to me at the moment. Um, so there was also an element of like wanting to differentiate and do something that I was really good at. So I think in general, like some people are incredible at doing this and it's their path. And if it works for them, it'll just kind of happen. Right. But for the most part, building like a one on one practice as a coach for it to be sustainable and to help you like pay your bills so that you can continue coaching is very difficult. Um, yeah, like it, there's too much pressure on like sometimes on one individual client to like be the make or break between you being able to pay your bills, right? right? And because it's such personal work, if someone needs to walk away to take care of themselves or to work, focus on a different project, you can't be attached to that. So there's this real sense like what I learned very quickly just focusing on one-on-one -on -one work or having small groups is that I couldn't have my clients whose lives I was like, supporting to transform be the reason why I was able to pay for my groceries. Right. So a lot of what I focused on was like trying to find different ways that I could actually like support people and also make money without it being as like, you know, without as much of that focus on that individual client. So what I would suggest is like if people like doing group work or having some other ways to have diversifying their income streams while they're also building one-on-one -on -one practices is the number one thing I would recommend. So unless they're like really, in, like I know some people that just do that and it's great and they get referrals and it just works for them, but that's not everyone's path. Um, so it's a part of like what I talk to people about is helping them find their way, like what is their ideal business? How do they even want people to come to them? What kind of marketing do they even want to be a part of? Um, it's so different for everybody. Like I think it's a very individualized 
response or recommendation. So I don't, I don't know if that answered your question. Right. No, it's just people can decide then what would work for them or try one way, see what works mm -hmm. and do it. Yeah. Just a combination of mm -hmm. all of them. Yeah. Um, and how did astrology come into mm -hmm. play? Because I feel like that, especially because mm -hmm. business and I'm sure they're very separate spaces. Yeah. So how did you get into astrology and then how have you tied it together? Right. So it's so interesting. Like astrology has just always been something I found I found interesting and I kind of, you know, was on a high level, just thought it was fun. Like, oh, OK, you're you're a Taurus. I'm a Scorpio. Great. Um, and then all of a sudden, like <laughs> this might sound really esoteric and out there, but honestly, one day last fall, um, it was right after this like Sagittarius new moon, which is very indicative of this type of change. If you know anything about astrology, what Sagittarius means, but it just kind of all made sense to me. Like it's like literally one day I was like just kind of interested in astrology and the next day it's like I understood it and I was fascinated and I was like following so many astrologers and re watching YouTube videos, following blogs, reading about it, like self teaching myself all of it. But at the same time, it all just made perfect sense. Because really astrology on a high level is, is very seasonal and it's very present in the moment. So each there's, there's 12 signs, but each of those signs is represented by the four elements and the four elements, fire, air, water, earth are only present on this planet. So it's essentially this like really unique earthly experience to have these four elements and the ways that they interact with our lives. And what I started to realize was, um, like essentially, you know, in May, that, that each of these elements were just indicative of what was happening during the year seasonally. So what I mean by that is like Leo is like this super fixed fiery sign in the heat of summer. And that just makes, at least in this hemisphere, it's the heat of summer. So it makes sense. Like it's like, it's literally during this heat of summer when it's like constantly warm outside and we want to be out and like want to be fierce and want to be uh, confident with ourselves and and having fun with other people that Leo is there so it's like all of a sudden the astrology and all the signs made sense to me from a very like seasonal practical um, sense and and then I just kept on reading it and all of a sudden I could look at a chart and completely understand a person's like existence I guess <laughs> and I also had some friends that were really interested in astrology I had a friend that had done a lot of astrology lessons my friend in Victoria and so her and I would talk about it all the time we would just like every show I would watch I would look at people's astrology charts and I would guess and I'd be able to meet people and know like which signs they had in which planets and I just self-taught it to myself and it also just came very intuitively it's almost like my astrologer like button was clicked on one day right Cool. And so how did you tie that back into business? Because is that something that you mm -hmm. offer as well with your practice? Yeah. So it's all interconnected because um, I have a lot of Gemini energy and Geminis are all, like they're represented by the twins and they're able to see all facets of life like duality, like one of the Gemini twins is a complete mortal and they have like a very physical earthly experience and the other one is a god and they're like this divine experience but they're siblings and they completely understand each other. So Gemini energy is about taking all these multiple facets in life and being able to be with all of it and also make all of it work. So a lot of Geminis are kind of seem like complex or like they're all like they're all over the map at times but it all makes sense when they present it. I have a couple Gemini friends that have multiple businesses that they just weave together, lots of lifestyle um, 
based influencers are have a lot of Gemini energy. Like uh, Lauren Everts from the Skinny Confidential, she's like a stereotypical Gemini, right? right? And she has <laughs> yeah. so many different facets to her, but it all just kind of makes sense. So with that preamble, um, yeah, my astrology is really like when I when you look at someone's chart, and so typically when you think of astrology, you think of someone's sign or their star sign. And that is where the sun was when they were born. That was the sign that the sun was in, and it lasts about a month. Each Right now we're in Sagittarius sun sign season. Um, but then there's nine other planets and a bunch of other asteroids and different aspects and different angles. And it's all represented in this beautiful circular chart. And when you look at it, you literally, from what I say, it's like your, your cosmic blueprint. Like I think of it as like people, you know, this is my belief system. It doesn't have to be everybody's, but it's like, if we feel like we have complete free will over our existence, um, we decided to come onto this planet at the exact moment that we did, in the season that we did, to the parents that we did, in order to live out this experience that we chose. And our astrology charts show that. Like we literally like decided when we were at the point when we were born, like what is our destiny? What is the way that we're gonna communicate? How are we gonna love? How are we gonna do aggression? How are we gonna win in life? How are we going to be socially? How are we gonna be privately? How are, how are our emotions gonna play out? And it's all shown. And what, what I really do with an astrology chart is I'm able to very clearly see someone's like life purpose and the path that they pretty much chose in this life. And so that plays out very easily with what they're doing in their brand and their business. Because you can also see like aspects of your career and what you're meant to build in this life in an astrology chart. So it's just an amazing way to get incredible self-awareness and to get like guidance and validation on your path rarely ever do I read someone's chart and they're like oh this is brand new information it's actually like oh I always knew this about myself and it's just great that it's validated back to me or oh, that makes perfect sense and a lot of the time it's like one of the first times that people can accept certain aspects of themselves or maybe before because it wasn't accepted by you know in their line of work or in their families like they couldn't get it they couldn't reconcile that aspect of themselves and then once they see that they're like oh that's just like kind of the basis of who I am then they can so I think from self-acceptance comes a lot of creative opportunity and potential. Right. Mm -hmm. No, it's very interesting. Actually, it's so funny you say that because I find astrology very interesting and I probably just got into it a few couple years ago, mm -hmm. maybe. I started listening to podcasts. Um, that's a retrograde on that. We were talking about Dear Media mm -hmm. Studio. They And I love their podcast. And they were the ones that brought in all these guests that I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And um, once you start learning, I'm a Sagittarius. And so once you start learning the different things, you're like, oh you're like that makes sense and so you're like oh, okay well it's fine that I act this way because mm -hmm. because that's what I'm supposed to do which is a very interesting yes like you said self-awareness which then you can bring into the rest of your life mm -hmm. um and this comes out in January and everyone will be thinking about the new year mm -hmm. shifting their self finding a new career changing their career whatever they're trying to do so um in terms of astrology what are your thoughts on what 2020 has to bring for everybody? Mm -hmm. uh, this is such a good question to ponder over because there's, so what I always say is like astrology is micro, like it's very personal. So everyone like the literal, like think about those combinations. There's 12 signs, nine planets, like there's billions of different, like everyone's astro astrology chart is like a snowflake. It's so unique to them. So what I would have to say is like your 2020 really depends on your individual path and your individual astro chart. So knowing that, and then looking at what is the greater macro like cosmic level, 
right? So there's something that we're going to go through as a, a general society because of the astrological events going on. And then there's also things that you're going to experience because of uh, as an individual. But in general, for 2020, for that macro view, so 2020 in general, like 2020 reduces down in numerology to four. And four is a number of a lot of stability. Like you think about a table, you think about a house, it's like a foundation of four. It's this balancing energy. So there's this general theme in 2020 that's a very stabilizing, balancing, grounding year. And, but there's also a lot of elements. There's a lot of like Jupiter energy, like there's a lot of major Jupiter events or conjunctions as we call them in astrology that are occurring in 2020. So there's also like this deep level of expansion. It's not like, oh, we're going to build a home and then have this steady routine life. It's like you might build great stability for yourself in a way that's completely unconventional or in a way that still expands your mind or your whole world, right? Um, it's this sense of, I was just talking to my best friend about it. It's this feeling of like, I know I'm going to build a lot of security and stability for myself in 2020, but I currently don't know the how. I just know that the outcome will be that I feel really like financially, creatively, emotionally like stable, but I have no idea what's going to actually cause me to do that. Um, so that's a lot of that energy. Like there's still this creative, this expansive, this growth energy, but it's very like it comes back to like a sense of stabilization. Mm -hmm. I like it. So when I I'm getting married next year, so that's my stabilization. Oh, <laughs> that's so exciting. That's a per that, okay. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, how do great. how do we feel about that? Should I cancel the wedding? <laughs> Should I keep the wedding? <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna advise you. <laughs> like you have to go with your your gut feelings. Um, oh my gosh, relationships are so interesting to look at too in astrology. Like, just compatibility is such an interesting aspect of, of it, right? Totally. Um, and dates, too, are very significant. What day are you getting married? August 1st. August 1st. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm, August 1st, 2020. What does that reduce down to? Nine, four, 13, four. Okay, so that's a stabilizing. Again, you're getting married like the day itself reduces down to four. So that's very stabilizing. One is like the beginning of something. Um, eight is like infinity and abundance. Like, right, and eight is like an infinity right. sign mm -hmm. si sideways. Yeah. Interesting. In general, that feels yeah. pretty good. Like that feels like very stabilizing. Yeah. And typically, because um, I also like read tarot, or I'm just really fascinated by symbolism and numerology, right. which is really what a lot of astrology is. Yeah. Is like myth, symbolism, being brought to the modern world as, as wisdom. And um, yeah, typically the four is, is representative of like marriage, union. Um, it's good. Good. That feels good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> um, and... How, what kind of ritual or routines do you have going into a new year for setting mm. goals or intentions, like just personally? So this is an interesting new year because we're also at the end of a decade and we're also at the very end of like the Chinese, um, the Chinese astrology cycle. Like they're, they're done with their cycle and a new one is starting in January as well. So there's this deep sense of like a very deep period of closure. Um, like looking back at not just the last year, but the last decade. And for me, since I'm a 90 baby, each decade is literally like it was my 20s and now it's my 30s. Right. So that's kind of an interesting way to look at it in terms of life. Um, so right now, typically what I do is I love looking at my entire year. And sometimes it's very like it's the strategist in me that I'll be like, I climbed this many mountains and I met this many people <laughs> and like kind of very results and qualitative like or quantitative analysis of what happened. Um, 
but right now like if there's definitely a sense of reflection and looking back and not, it's not really a period for me right now to be creating a lot of new even though I'm so tempted to do that because we're in Sagittarius season and I have so much Sagittarius energy in my chart which right. is like let's go new let's explore let's adventure <laughs> right and I'm like whoa girl like slow down like a whole decade is wrapping up I literally feel like it's like almost this magnetic force field that's like causing you to be like just slow down and look at what happened in the last 10 years what did you learn and what what do you see for the next 10 years so it's been a lot of reflection I'm sharing that on my Instagram and then a lot of like just overall, I made a list of 10 things that I want in the, that I want to create, manifest, feel, et cetera, in the next decade. So that's, that's been my main, my main practices. And mm-hmm. do you write them down? So if someone wanted to do something mm-hmm. to create like a manifestation or just to go into the new year, do you write them down or what, what should they do? Okay. So this is such a good question. So I think it really depends on everyone's individual learning style Um, because some people are very visual like they might need to literally draw it out and make a craft or make an online like graphic display like I've literally made PowerPoints presentations for myself (laughs) and my goals because my my last coach was like this is so extra like you gave me a deck (laughs) and I'm like I know it's good Um, so it really depends on like some people just want to talk it out right some people want to write it out and keep it in a private journal some people need to write it out put it on their wall Um, So I think it really depends on what each individual is like kind of drawn to. Um, But yeah, I love I love having moments of reflection, writing it out, because it's also something tangible you can look back on and see, oh, did I actually create that or where am I at with that? Or is that even something that I want anymore? So I'm looking forward to looking back at that list that I just made in 2030. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. True. At the end of that decade. Yeah. That's crazy to even like think about the next 10 years I know (laughs) I know um Mm -hmm. and before we do we'll get into the business part of it too but let's talk for a second about the moon cycle because I Mm -hmm. know that you also take that into consideration obviously as it all flows together Mm -hmm. um and so what kind of routines or rituals do you have around the moon cycle and Jonah just touch upon Mm -hmm. the moon cycle in general for people yeah so I mean, astrology in general talks about all of the planets in this in this universe, in this solar system. And our moon is constant is the most changeable aspect of of that whole solar system. It literally changes every day. Like it's like waxing or waning, it's brighter or darker. And uh, there's four kind of main phases of the moon, but at the same time it's still shifting every day. And it's, it's been really powerful for me to tune into those phases because especially as a woman, as a woman, like our individual cycles, like our menstrual cycles mimic the moon cycles. Um, They're not necessarily like completely aligned because every woman has her own individual expression of that. But there's like a period where you're building up to ovulation and then you ovulate, which is like the full moon. And then you're, you're building up to your, or your kind of going towards your menstruation and then you're menstruating and you're on the first day of your period and that's like it's synonymous with the new moon. So there and there's four phases to the menstrual cycle and four phases to the lunar cycle. So I think looking at that and seeing the mirror in that is really interesting. Uh, the moon in general, because it's so changeable, represents our emotions and it does impact all the water on Earth, like all the tides, which also represents emotions and waters and that free flowing changing state element right which is emotional so connecting to the moon cycle helps me just understand my own and like society at large's 
emotional states and shifts. And it also helps me really know that there's like periods for creation and launches and uh, a lot of a lot of activity and lots of socialization. There's also periods for hibernation and rest and not doing so much. And it's helped me kind of like I call it biohacking or emotional hacking in terms of your creativity and productivity. But I, I really love tuning into those. Um, in terms of my particular rituals, I really love coming together with other women during the full moon and the new moon each each month. And then the other two phases are the two quarter moons that happen in between. Um, it's just so much fun to come together and see what everyone's feeling because every single new moon and every single full moon is different because we're in a different season and also it's in a different sign. So we just had, um, what do we just have? We just had a full moon in Gemini this month and then last month we had a full moon in Taurus. So they both have qualities of a full moon where lots is being illuminated and it's time to release and it's kind of like this peak of activity. And then at that peak of activity, it's kind of like you think about a project at work and you're like, okay, this is what's working about this and this is what totally needs to change because it's not sustainable anymore. That's kind of what full moons in general show us in society and within ourselves. But then the energy of like Gemini energy in that full moon and Taurus energy in that full moon, very different, right? So I love tuning into it and being able to share my perspectives as an astrologer, but then also meet with other women because I just sense that we all very intuitively kind of sense it and can feel it going on so I love hearing like what are you feeling what did you notice today what do you sense what do you observe so it's kind of like this coming together and this really great way to see that we're all um, definitely not alone and experiencing a lot of the same things at the same time totally when mm-hmm. I I was I never even thought about the moon and then I was at an event and um, I don't know what her first name is but it's golden glow sam on Instagram, I mm. think it's her handle, and she was just speaking at an event, and she ta- started talking about moonology, and I was like, oh, that's why I feel productive at a certain time, and then when, and then I feel like, like nothing's, I can't do anything, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense, and I was like, as like, I love astrology, and I like, I can see parts of it, but completely accepting all of it, I'm still like working on it, but mm-hmm. moonology, I was just like, that makes sense, because yes. you, you can feel it, and even the last full moon, which if when this releases in January will have already passed. But the one yeah. that just happened last week was terrible. Mm. Like I couldn't even like leave my house. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening? And then someone on my Instagram was like, it was a full moon. And I was like, oh yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. Um, and if someone is new to the space, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm pretty new to the space as well. But how, what are some of the steps people can take to start to sync with astrology and the moon? Mm-hmm. So kind of like what you're explaining I think the moon is the easiest place to start um especially if you I don't want to just say if you are a woman because like you know for the most part most women have menstrual cycles some don't but it's like this really amazing way to understand yourself and also like it's almost like the menstrual cycle of the earth like it goes through these peaks and valleys um and it's just such an easy way to have like a lot of emotional growth but also anyone that just considers themselves to have a lot of feminine energy like they they're very emotionally like able to tune into their emotions and tap in and sometimes they just want to understand why they feel the way that they feel especially if there's no reasoning for it the moon and tuning into the moon is a great way to do that and a good place to start is you know you can just pick up a book like moonology or just follow um, moon experts online like literally just google what are the phases of the moon and then what is what phase is the moon in right now like just using Google to tell you that. I do instruct like on a very high level all of my all of my clients that are in my 
moon mastery teachings about the moon. Um, so even just, uh, you know, you can join my moon magic Facebook group where I talk every single full moon and new moon about the energies and I keep it pretty high level um, in terms of educating around that. But, you know, you can self-educate and look it up on Instagram and in books or you can also speak to an astrologer. Like there's so many people right now teaching about the moon phases and teaching about astrology as an extension of that or as a buildup of that. So, you know, they can reach out to me if they resonate with the way that I talk about it or just like Google it because there's so much content out there. Yeah, it's very accessible Mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like that suggestion. And now let's talk a little bit about the business side of it Mm because I found this really interesting that um, you help people develop a conscious brand, which is a very interesting way to put it. And I think, especially going into 2020, that we've now, brands are now more personable and people want transparency and authenticity and so I feel like conscious brand really Mm -hmm. defines that and so um, from your perspective and how you came up with the term what does that mean to you and what does that process look like yeah so you're really speaking to it I mean the times are really the trends and the times that are happening in business and with the earth and with climate change and everything right Uh, the social economic political all of it is really demanding like change in terms of how we do business and how we interact with ourselves. And to me, a conscious brand is a brand that is really conscious and considerate of the planet and of people. And then is also conscious of like, because I think of brands as being created by people, is also conscious of like, what is your unique gift and wisdom and purpose to give to the world? Like they're present to that and then they give it out. So there's like a couple levels to it. But to me, like conscious branding is, you know, you're not just sustainable. You're also providing something that's really real and authentic to you. And then you're also considering like the entire supply chain and all of the people that are involved in that Um, and everything. It just feels like very deliberate, you know, Um, like, for example, like sometimes it can almost feel like I kind of equate it to like having a lot of integrity and integrity to me is also just like being really authentic but also being like very con- like very clear about everything that you're including into your business so for example like when i'll talk to someone that makes candles and i'll be like oh like what kind of fragrancing like what's that fragrance that you use and they're like oh you know i just got it somewhere and they don't actually know like how is that made that to me is immediate like that's okay and they can sell that stuff and that's great but that to me is not like a conscious brand a conscious brand is aware of like oh i got it from this farmer's field and like actually selling roses in that area helps like the geopolitical situation like they don't have to be completely enmeshed in it but at least like an awareness of where you're sourcing everything and kind of this awareness of how like the global like how globalization impacts like us individually as well as with our businesses is important Um, so there's a lot of sustainability tied into it lots of transparency in terms of supply chain lots of consciousness in terms of choices made but then there's but then for people that provide services, it's actually just like a deep sense of knowing what you're here to do and then providing that out. So it's like complete authenticity. It's like what you I kind of equate it to like that thing that's in your heart and what you know you want people to get from your services and your and your products is also what they experience. Like there isn't a gap between that experience. Does that make sense? Totally. Complete make, yeah. makes complete sense. Okay. Um and what are some of the signs or feelings if someone's life or business is out of alignment? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that's a really good question and it's such a personal experience. Um, I think like honestly, if your life is out of alignment, like you'll know it because like it's like you immediately like if you it's almost like the sense of if you have to question like, oh, am I in alignment? There usually is something that's kind of off. So um, and I just want to be really clear that there's like nothing wrong with being out of alignment. Like sometimes sometimes we'll be completely in alignment like I was like I was completely in alignment getting a job as a, as a digital strategist. And then there was a point where that was no longer in alignment for me. And it took me a while to figure out what would be more in alignment. So it's this kind of this opportunity to discover. But I think in general, some of the symptoms are is like you're not as passionate about it anymore. You're not it's the same level of fascination or even flow. Like it's like you're not getting the same results you got before. Um, and it just doesn't seem to be working and flowing. And there's something, it feels like something is missing. Um, or it feels like there's like even there's integrity piece. Like a lot of the time alignment can be as simple as like, hey, I said I wanted to work with entrepreneurs and I'm literally working with people that haven't started businesses. That's just like point blank out of alignment, right? So sometimes it's very simple. Like it's like, oh, I said I wanted to be fully plant-based, but I'm eating meat all the time. Like that's out of alignment and that's okay. Like you could be like, oh, I actually, what would be in alignment is for me to eat meat, right? So there's just these like check-in points with yourself, but mostly it's like you said you wanted something or you intended something and it's not what so. Right. Um, and if someone couldn't come to see you to help mm-hmm. them work through those things, um, what are some of the first practical steps that they could do to start to realign or retransform or just evolve their brand? Yeah, so they're with their brand. Um, I always go back to the start. So really getting clear on like what is, like what, what was the vision? What was the mission? Like what, what, what did you originally start this to create? And sometimes what's out of alignment is people didn't actually get clear on that. They didn't actually get clear on what they were here to create and what the result would be or how they wanted to live or how many people they wanted to impact. Like they didn't actually get clear on their business plan or really like their life, like around their business. Um, so there's that element. Like start with the beginning and then just look, okay, what's not, what's like, what did I intend and what's reality and then where are the gaps, right? So it's kind of this basic gap analysis that you do. Um, and then it's also just a matter of like, you can actually go, it's like, what's not working? right? Like what's something that I thought would work, but it's no longer working. And that's again, like it's a self-inquiry, it's conversation. Um, and then like, what do you, and then there's like a question of like, what do you actually want? Like, what are you actually craving? What would make, what would work better? Or what would you, how would you like it to go? And my favorite question that I love asking as a coach, and it's very popular in, um, in accomplishment coaching, the style of the coaching school that I went to is asking like, what is your highest commitment? Like, what is the highest thing that you're committed to? And usually that'll be like this anchor point that brings you back. Like, oh, well, my highest commitment is to creation and to love. And I got completely stuck just doing analysis, which isn't creation, right? So I need to go create a project that's focused on innovation or something new being brought into the world. Yeah. I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're a business owner, so you're also probably very busy and stress takes over and Mm -hmm. so what are some of your go-to self-care activities how can people reground themselves Mm. and just refocus especially at the beginning of the year I feel like it's good to just remind yourself how to do these things right yeah this is a really good question this is actually something I'm really passionate about 
because especially with entrepreneurs, um, it's an, like, I just, I love entrepreneurs. So it's such a feat. Like it's a heart and mind and body, like full on risk taking, putting yourself out on the line and doing this work. Um, that really is kind of like thankless at times, especially if you don't have a team um, and you don't have like benefits and sometimes you don't even have the income because you're reinvesting it in your business to even take care of yourself. So I think like entrepreneurs having self-care is one of my biggest passions. It's what I always focus on first with all of my clients and with my with my incubator is focusing on personal self-care. So it's really personal. Like some people, you know, their meditation is running um cycling moving or it's writing it's spending time with friends it can be being creative for me it's a mixture of a lot of things because of my Sagittarius and Gemini energy (laughs) I always have to be switching it up um and I go through different phases you know sometimes it's like full-on just like I just want to be meditating and doing yoga and other times it's like I need to be doing high intensity like spin and crossfit in order to get myself reset sometimes it's a blend of those sometimes I just want to be in nature I literally don't want to be in the confines of like a structured class Um, sometimes I just want to write and spend time by myself and do research so I think it's just a matter of like it takes a lot of self-awareness to know like what do you want and need right in this moment So often I'll ask myself that every day. Like, what do I need and what am I being drawn to? And usually I have like a, oh, I want to go walk by the river today. That'll be what really supports me. Or tonight I just need to stay in and journal and watch YouTube videos uh, or go see a friend. So it's just kind of that daily Mm check-in. Right. I like that because I feel like we get caught up in the, like you have to take a bath and then you have to meditate and then Mm -hmm. you have to light a candle and then you have, you know, and like it's all these like very (laughs) specific things that you have to do to like, to be be self-care, you know, to be self-care. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag self-care. Yes. Um, so I like that it is like just a daily check-in with yourself to see what would, what would feel better, Mm -hmm. which also I feel ties back then to the moon and the astrology and just everything because some days you'll feel more energetic or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and a couple more questions what would be your one piece of advice for someone who wants to start or evolve their business just based on your experience Mm. I mean those are two different situations to be in starting and evolving but they're also similar because there's kind of transformation and growth required I would say like really get clear on the heart of it like, why is it that you're building this business? You know, what what will it, like, what will the impact be for the world to have these services or these products out there? And once you get super, super clear on your vision, that's the main, like, that's the main key, keystone that holds everything else together. Then you just need, like, a plan and structures and routine and, like, maybe you need some sales training or what. Then you just need to fulfill on it. But it's, like, having that really, really clear vision at the beginning I think really helps um and oh my gosh you don't have to do it alone like that's my number one recommendation that's really what burnt me out honestly from being an entrepreneur is I was doing it alone because it was like this catch-22 like I want a team but I haven't built my business up enough to have a team but then in order to build my business up enough I feel like I need a team and it's like this cyclical cycle so look for places where you can get um free support or like connect with other entrepreneurs that are doing the same thing you are um, because it'll make you just feel less alone and you'll also get supported and you'll get really great tools and resources. There's so many Facebook groups 
um, events, et cetera, like people to connect with. So it's just finding a way to not feel alone and isolated in that um, has been really powerful for me. And I love doing like trades so that there can be like work done. Like you can get really creative. Like I had my podcast produced for six months for free. Uh, well, not for free, but I traded like life coaching and then my podcast producer, like another person on his team actually produced my podcast so there wouldn't be a conflict of interest between us. Right. But there was just, you know, being able, like you can get pretty creative with the stuff that you can put out there. Um, but I think it's super important to not isolate because that, that's just how I see so many people stopping. Like they'll literally just quit. Right. Without support. It, yeah, because well, it's hard. Yeah. And so <laughs> you're just like, well, I can't do it. So we'll... But yeah, definitely yeah. finding people, especially in Calgary. I feel like for the people that are listening who are in Calgary, um, it's a very entrepreneurial city and very supportive city. Mm-hmm. And there's always events. There's events every day. And people that like, I've gone for coffee with so many people just off of Instagram being like, oh, let's just like chat about what we're doing or social media or all of this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. just reaching out to people is also the first step. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is there a podcast or book or resource that you would recommend? Oh my gosh, there are so many. <laughs> or a couple. Your top five. Top five. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So hmm. immediately what comes to mind, like Marie Forleo is just such a staple. She is just like the queen of online and business and branding. Um, and what she teaches is really, really like excellent. So she has B-School that's coming out in springtime. So that's an awesome online business school that people can take essentially to get really clear on their business plan and what it takes to build a business. It is self-motivated. So if people need like accountability in the form of like other people or they want to work directly with other people, might not be a good fit, but she's incredible. Like all of her online content, her podcast, her, her YouTube videos, uh, her book, great. Um, she's amazing in terms of business and entrepreneurship. Really great tips there. Um, I really honestly love like Lauren and Michael from the Skinny Confidential because she shares so much behind the scenes and she's just like, F it, I'm exactly who I am, right? So uh, they're about to have a baby, which is interesting, but she shares a lot, like a lot of her podcasts where she's interviewed, like Lauren Everts Bostic, um, she shares a lot about her branding philosophy and how she became like a blogger and an influencer. Now she owns a couple different companies and she's done like, she's built a really successful podcast, has a book out has this like awesome organic lube company. Like it's just really interesting what they keep on building upon. And when she actually talks about the business behind the scenes of it, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's um, very impressive. Yeah. So I would, I would recommend, recommend those for entrepreneurship. Um, and then I mean for moon stuff, there's so much. I love Queer Cosmos. He's fabulous. I think he's the astrologer for Cosmopolitan. Oh. And um, he's LGBTQ. And he just like brings in lots of different perspectives and he's like just so brilliant. I really, really like him. You can find him on Instagram or on, I think, I don't know if he has, I like his Instagram content the most. And then a really great podcast is So You Think You're Intuitive. And she does these kind of like monthly downloads. And she doesn't talk about the astrology, but she just kind of talks about these general kind of energetic shifts that we're all going through. And they're all like, it's all relevant. So she's been really great. I've been listening to her podcast a lot this year. Um, yeah, those are kind of the top ones that come to mind right now. What am I reading? Hmm. Rise, Sister, Rise by Rebecca Campbell is a book that came out a few years ago that has a lot to do with just generally like being empowered by your femininity, by your menstrual cycle, by um, 
history, philosophy. That's a really interesting book as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to read that. Mm-hmm. I'll have to read and listen to all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of services do you offer? Where can people find you? More information. Just give your whole your whole spiel. Yeah, so uh, something that we didn't actually get into is I'm actually like completely, I'm rebranding and restructuring my business right now. So it is going to, so in January it will be, like the first phase of it will be out, um, but it will be called Shakti Brand with a real focus on, you know, helping people build conscious brands that are very creative. And it's also like about building Shakti Brand leaders, which is really like powerful I don't want to say it's just female. It's like feminine leaders. And I define femininity as like just caring and having compassion and consideration for people and the planet. Uh, And then being extremely creative and innovative, which I think is so fun. Like, so um, there's going to be a lot more coming out in terms of what that looks like. But essentially what my offerings are is, you know, moon mastery, which teaches about the moon phases each individual woman's moon phase about their astrology charts. It's this online subscription program that I have where we come together each full moon, new moon. I give each woman like an individualized astrology reading and then we get to like chat on Instagram and on Messenger and just like talk about those daily shifts and changes and there's trainings in there around like the moon cycle and where you're at and it's like this beautiful accountability container to actually be tracking it because so often we're like, great, I learned this and then we don't do anything with it. Right. And I'm so guilty of that. Like I'm, I'm nothing without accountability. So I have Moon Mastery, which is my monthly subscription. And then I will also have my brand incubator. And then I also do because every brand is so unique. I also always do like consulting, like individualized consulting work with anybody. Um, I'll do like one off brand brainstorm and strategy sessions or one off like astrology chart coaching sessions that are pretty intensive and deep. So people can reach out to me for those like one-offs or they can do like a more intense program with me. But it's all being restructured and there's some other really exciting stuff um, that's going to be coming out there. And it all is in the vein of like conscious branding and really conscious leadership, self-leadership as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. And what's your Instagram handle so people can follow you? Okay, so this is actually interesting because my Instagram handle is at like Sonia at Sonia S-A-N-J-A yeah actually let's talk about that for one second how did you get that (laughs) (laughs) so I got that I was just doing a review of 2010 from 10 years ago and I got on Instagram like within a couple months of it starting because my friend was like this is cool let's do this so I went on Instagram and I was like okay I'll just make it at Sonia right I saw that and I was like how much money did she have to pay to get just her first name? Yeah, I didn't have to pay anything because I've been on Instagram for 10 years, the whole decade. And now it's interesting because the decade's ending and I actually have a, I'm, I'm negotiating potentially to sell my Instagram name or to lease it. Oh, interesting. So I, it might still be Sonia or it'll be Shakti brand. It's going to be one of those two. Right. (laughs) Um, We're literally in the discussions. Like I I really need to email them and, and send them. Like an offer. Instagram <laughs> is so interesting. I know. It's, it's been really interesting. Like that's yeah. a whole mind game of like, because totally. I, I took down my website and everything and like my platform, like my podcast is even down right now and then I'm, I'm re-envisioning all of it. But the only thing that's consistent and still up is my Instagram. And so it's my main platform to share with people, to provide content, to connect with potential clients or with clients. So it's worth a lot. Um, but it's like weird to try to evaluate it and then sell it. Right. It's, yeah, it's an interesting Interesting. We'll have to have you back yeah. in the new year to be like, what happened? Walk us through that process. So, mm-hmm. um, well, thanks for coming on here and sharing. I feel like we could dive deep into so many mm-hmm. of what we talked about. So, um, but I think it was a good start. 
Yeah, this is so awesome. Thank you. This is so great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Poolside Podcast. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sonia. I found it very eye-opening and a great way to get into this new year. So I hope you felt the same. Make sure you are following along on Instagram. Poolside Podcast underscore is the Instagram for this podcast. And I am almost famous with two Fs. And if you could go onto iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this and leave a rating and review. Be very much appreciated. And I will see you in the next episode.